Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 346 for Tuesday, the 6th of May, 2014. Great to see you. It's Robbie Ferguson right here. And it's Eric Lalon. And who have we got over there? Krista. Oh, hi. I'm Krista Wells. <laughs> a little short. There we hey. go. Hey. <laughs> Tonight, it's, uh, we've got a lot of viewer questions. We're going to be rocking them out, um, both in our mailbag and in the chat room. We've got our live chat room on Freenode. It's Category 5. Get over to our website if you're not already logged into the, the, to the chat room. Uh, you'll see it on the Interact menu. Uh, send your questions, attention to the Krista, and uh, she will do her utmost to get them in. If you have any comments while you're watching the show, make sure you also put those to attention to the Krista. And what's coming up in the newsroom today is that Samsung must pay Apple $119.6 million for a patent infringement. Now that, and also, now that you have the perfect cup of tea for $13,000. Also, uh, OpenSSL is set to receive a massive injection. Uh, of cash to support the open source project. I, I like how the pause happened there. OpenSSL is going to have a massive injection of cash. Couldn't find that. <laughs> and Sony has developed a storage tape that holds 85 terabytes on each cartridge. So stick around for these news stories that are coming up later in the show. And we have a set of Category 5 premium vinyl stickers to give away, so make sure you guys are in the chat room. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be an amazing show, guys. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. So great to see you. My name's Robbie Ferguson. And my name's Eric Lalonde. All right. Krista. Well, well, I'm Krista by the way. We're just um, getting used to this. This is kind of cool. Back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, oh, yeah. yeah we got another person yeah. here, too. How many people do we have in the studio right now? No. Um, but Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. That's cat 5 TV slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, and that's slash IAIP. Thanks, Krista. Of course, we uh, just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who has sent in monetary donations over the past little while. We joked on the April 1st, April Fool's Day show that uh, the new microphone uh, actually caused. Uh, our, our co-host at the time, Bailey J. Thompson, to sound like she was possessed by a Gua'uld. Uh, but in fact, you know, even though that was a joke, the truth is we do have an extra microphone. And thanks to a, a contribution from our viewer, Jot, uh, Krista is able to be here tonight as, uh, as a second co-host to help us keep on top of the chat room because it's really, really tough as the chat room is flying by. I, I mm. guess as a co-host, it must be you know better than, than I because I, I kind of... A lot of the times I see such great questions and, you know, I try to go back, but then it just keeps on loading and loading and loading, yeah, which is fly by. <laughs> it's great to see everyone giving, putting such great input into our chat room, but we want to make sure that we answer all your questions because there are some really great questions that we can help answer and Robbie's superior knowledge. <laughs> I didn't pay her to say that. I'm just saying. But I, I think what it comes down to is, you know, as we're reading over, as we're going through questions, reading through the, mm -hmm. the mailbag, going through questions in the chat room, there are some great comments that come in in the chat room, but sometimes we miss you. 
uh, and we catch them after the show, or possibly just a little too late to, to actually make mention on the show. But tonight we're going to make a, a valiant effort to do a little bit differently. Uh, a, an interesting way that you can contribute to Category 5, as I, as I speak briefly about uh, people contributing to the show, Dennis Kelly, for example, went onto our website, Category5.tv, and uh, went into our support the show and then affiliate links, which is really, really cool because there's a list of different companies that basically work with Category 5 to, you know, we promote them, they promote us, and, mm-hmm. and we work together. So there are actually links uh, for Amazon. And so Dennis Kelly clicked on one of those links, bought himself a new laptop, and that automatically, even though it just was a purchase for him, actually put a deposit into Category 5's bank account to help us with the bills and, and to help us provide this free service mm-hmm. to you, whether you're watching on Roku or however you're catching the show, if you're watching on our website or on YouTube or just catching it on, you know, it could be anywhere, Miro Internet TV, mm-hmm. uh, TV. we're, we're kind of everywhere. Uh, speaking of Roku, have you got yourself a Roku yet? No, I haven't got oh, my Roku yet. Really? I've been, I've been really wanting to get one. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting to get one. Got to pick one up. If you haven't got one yet, now tonight it looks so cool. We're making some we're making some changes to the live stream. Working very very hard to get you a reliable live stream. For those of you watching on Roku, if you've had trouble with buffering on the live stream, I don't I don't think it's a problem on the on demand stuff. It's mm-hmm. always just the live stream. Please work with us as we work through those kinds of glitches, and I hope that uh, tonight you're going to find things to be a little bit more reliable. So we'll see how it goes. Thanks for joining us on Roku. Another quick mention, if you go to our website uh, on your mobile device, uh, it's going to take you over to m.cat5.tv. Pretty cool to be able to watch the show on your mobile, on your tablet, on your phone, and uh, you can catch the show live. You can listen live if you're driving around or riding the bus and you don't want to use up all your bandwidth. Uh, you can just listen as well. Mm-hmm. Cool stuff. That's m.cat5.tv. Well, Krista mentioned at the top of the show that we have... Uh, an opportunity for you to win some stickers tonight. So you want to stick around. We're going to be pulling that draw in a little bit of time. There it is. Cool. In the meantime, let's uh, let's jump right into uh, our viewer questions. We've got mm-hmm. a lot of them. Yes, we got quite actually a bit of viewer questions. And our first one is from Tennessee Frank. Hey, Tennessee Frank. Um, he says that, um, I know you really love your Point Linux install, and I've been running it on D-band distros for uh, for over two for over a year, but probably Debian, uh, Debian, Debian distros yeah. uh, for over cool. a year. But recently, I wanted to learn Arch Linux. It had oh. always kind of scared me because it's supposed to be pretty hard to learn. But I found uh, a version with the XFace desktop. Um, I have it set up so it looks a lot like Mate desktop. You can see. Uh, the top panel, but but the bottom one is on auto autohide. Okay. And anyway, I wonder if you might have any to to give it a try. Let us know what you think, and to also keep on bringing us the great shows. And uh, that's from Tennessee Frank. What uh, does he mention the name of the uh, the distro there? Um, uh, he just said Debian distro. Debian based. Right. Yes. Um. I see an attachment there. Let's let's pull up your mm-hmm. your picture here. Oh, cool. Okay, so there's a screenshot mm-hmm. and everything. I'm just going to bring this up. Uh, Man Manjaro, it looks like. Cool. I'm just going to get into the. You know, one of the things that's really really neat about Linux, and I saw this question. I don't know if you caught that, Krista, in the in the chat room there just before the show, but somebody was actually asking about different distributions of Linux. And and it's true that Linux, there are so many different flavors. And next week, we've got an interesting feature because we're actually going to mm. be switching Sasha to Linux on her brand new laptop. So that's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be interesting to see what flavor of Linux she decides to go with. Because mm. there's really just, there are all different types of Linux that you can choose mm-hmm. based on your preferences. So if we go back a couple of episodes... Uh, Category5.tv, and I'm going to see if I can pull this up. I don't know, Krista, if you're able to do it faster than I am, but uh, on our website, if I scroll down the homepage a little bit. Oh, episode number 342. You'll see that uh, that episode was Farewell Windows XP. 
and uh, Kelsey and I showed a whole bunch of different versions of Linux that you can install. Um, so that's you know really really cool to be able to find different things. So what Tennessee Frank is saying here is that he's got a different version of Linux that's not based on Debian because uh, Manjaro is based on uh, Arc Linux. So it's a little bit different as far as how it works. Let's take a look at his screenshot. Sorry, I, I've got it up here now. Oh. <laughs> We're so getting used to all, all these different... The yeah, oh, there we go. Okay, there we go. <laughs> that's the one. Okay, that's cool. Now, I've actually got Manjaro installed on my system here. And how cool is that? Out of the box, it does look pretty sleek, I've got to say. And from a, a pers- the perspective of somebody who's switching over from Windows, it looks pretty sleek. I don't know if it has the clean-cut edge of, say, Zorn OS, what we saw there, but I definitely feel like it's it's got some things going on. Uh, so if I go to, I guess, Internet here... Oh, okay, it brings up everything on the left-hand side. So I bring up Firefox, and it'll actually load my browser out of the box. Graphics. These are the things that it comes with. Games. Oh, it's got Steam pre-installed. That's kind of a bonus, because some people have had... You know, if you have trouble mm-hmm. getting Steam to w- work on Linux comes with it it's already there okay so there's firefox so manjaro.org cool check it out m-a-n-j-a-r-o and thanks for sending in that uh that tip to check it out i i am a debian fanboy i'll say because debian you know i i kind of i grew up into linux using debian and debian based distros so all that means to you if you're new to linux is it's really a matter of preference if you're new it doesn't matter for an old school boy like me, it kind of matters because I don't want to have to relearn stuff that I already know in Linux, even though most things are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Commands are the same and, and it works. And you can watch the show if you're watching Manjaro or you're, watching, or you're using Debian, you're using Manjaro, you're using Point Linux, it doesn't matter. Uh, the things that we show are still going to be accurate. That's one of the beauties of Linux. So, Cool. Thanks for sending that in. And I love your screenshot. It does look uh, it does look pretty uh, interesting. Yeah. Windows esque, and that was XFCE that's running there as a desktop environment. Also now known as XFace, which I also enjoyed. <laughs> um, we have another question from Buddha Belly. Hey, Buddha Belly. And he just said that I just finished watching the Web Dev series. He loves the great Okay, cool. Info. Hey, that was you and I, Krista. You remember doing that? That's that was we you. We were just here. That was <laughs> when we were uh, when you just started with the show. I know. Cool. That was a good time. It's a while ago. <laughs> and he has two questions. Okay. Uh, can I download any site's code files to my computer? And I don't want to pirate their code for my use, so he wants to look at it to learn more about web development. And to see if I can, uh, you know, use it and learn from it and improve it. Oh, okay. And his second question is, if it's possible, is it considered ethical? Which is very important to him. Sure. I almost, uh, Krista, did you catch that question? Because I almost want to get your opinion on that. I did, and I was busy typing in the chat room. Here. Okay. <laughs> As, and that's good. As a developer, Krista, I'm going to run this by you. You're a web developer. I'm a web developer. So we probably, you know, we all have our own opinions. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about somebody going to your website, looking at your source code and using it uh, perhaps to influence their decisions as they program their own website? Uh, that's kind of a tricky one. I mean, um, in, in one way, I mean, it's like somebody kind of taking your work, um, but it, in another way, I mean, there are people out there where that's kind of how they learn too, right? I mean, if sure. you don't, you learn by professionals and, and what you see and not always, or, um, not always just looking at a piece of code is going to uh, help some people out. Maybe seeing the code and then seeing how it's working on their site um, might work better for them. So I'm not sure. It's a little bit split. I, I kind of think that these days a lot of us use the open source libraries and mm-hmm. so for me if you go to category5.tv or any of my sites and and start looking at the source code i don't personally really mind that i would say as far as legalities go is it is it legal let's go to category5.tv and see what you're actually going to come up with if you do this so in any browser you hit control u 
and that's going to give you the source code. So here is a minified copy of my source. So here's the thing, my friend. You can look at that, and I'll, I'll give you permission. I mean, go ahead and look at that. Um, you'll see that I use a lot of open source code, and I use a lot of my own proprietary stuff, but nothing that I do is, you know, so proprietary that I would be offended if you took it and used it. Um, the fact is, is that what you're seeing here is um, it is compiled, if you will, into HTML code and minified. So what you see here is not what I actually coded in the long form. Because when you go to our website, it's actually connecting to a database, it's gathering a lot of information from the database, and then is generating these files based on algorithms which I created. So you'll see here that you know, if you go through the source, you'll start to see things like this, where, oh, this actually looks very, very similar from one to the next, and that's because they are, in fact, loops through, through code, right? A lot of this stuff is dynamically generated. Why does this line look so similar to this line? Well, it's because they're actually created by the same code in a loop. So for you to look at this code, you are looking at the compiled code, not the not the actual process that creates the loop. So you're not seeing anything overly private. This is only the stuff that I wanted you to see. So you're not seeing those database connections or those passwords or the session information or anything like that. All you're seeing is uh, is the compiled code. What I wanted you to see when you go to our website. That's a good th you know for security too. I mean, just uh, not to digress, mm. but um, you know one of the things that I look at is okay. We need to make very very certain that cookie information is not revealed because some people think oh, well cookies are they safe well i was on a website today and even posted a link in the chat room and and realized that oh they're actually revealing the session id on the on the url and that's kind of you know i think that's kind of silly mm -hmm. kind of bad practice but so we actually take an effort to hide everything that we don't want you to see so it all happens on the server end and what you're seeing is all what we've revealed to you through the compiled code so um, so enjoy it. I think legally, though, um, as long as you don't copy, like if you went to, uh, say, Google and you copied their code and you used it for your own website, then that's when yeah. you're pushing into the realm of illegal. To go on to a site, even if it's Google or whatever, and look at their code, there's nothing to stop you from doing that. It's going to be minified, so it's going to be hard to read. You need to understand code in order to get some of it. Um, and minification means that it's, it's shrunk down it's almost compressed but in a textual format so you can still read it but it's hard to read because everything is compressed down uh, line breaks removed comments removed things like that so you can look at them but is, just don't copy the code unless it's legitimate unless you're legitimately allowed to do so uh, last week on the show uh, Krista you and I talked about uh, CDNJS yeah. and CDNJS really really cool because they are a repository of specifically freely available code so if you go to cdnjs.com, you're going to find a, a wealth of code. So you go to whatever, you find something that you like, and you visit their website, and you look at their examples and things like that, and it gives you a really good starting point as well. So, Long answer is done. Short answer, go <laughs> ahead. Just don't copy it onto your own code verbatim. Learn from it, but don't copy it like to your clipboard and then paste it into your own site. Learn the process. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to do. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much for the question. Mm -hmm. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And I'm your co-host, Erica Lalonde. So good to see you. And we've got Krista. I'm Krista Wells. Over in the corner. <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so get your questions in uh, chat room. Hey, ping Krista, the Krista, and uh, she's there to. And uh, feel free, Krista, to interrupt us at any point if uh, if you feel like somebody's got something. Totally for us. would. Yeah, you would. That's why we put her there. We know that she's she'll she'll throw something at my head if if she needs to. Very good. Okay, so I've got that uh, those stickers to give away. Uh, we should probably do that. Idea. I think Drawbot is ready for it. I think he is. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look at the code. Yeah. Okay. So you want to show <laughs> these stickers? These are pretty cool. These are premium vinyl stickers, and if you've if you've got them already, 
they are they're they're great stickers. I have one on my laptop and it's surprisingly the only sticker that's ever stayed on my laptop. There you go. Stuck really, really well. But you gotta be careful because someone will try to steal it off of your laptop. I know. It's a really awesome sticker. It You're is. Like, wow. That's a nice sticker. <laughs> here goes Drawbot has gone into the chat room I'm going to see if I can push the right buttons here there's a lot of buttons in front of me aren't mm-hmm. there tonight Drawbot is some sophisticated stuff goes into the chat room at category 5 on Freenode and grabs all of your names this is for a two pack this is like the you've got the two up sticker set they're premium vinyl stickers they are printed on clear vinyl so that they will stick to whatever you put them on and there's no white trim or anything like that we're going to let those uh, go through the loop it looks like it's actually it's moving along pretty fast I didn't want to take too much time on a, on a quick draw tonight but I did want to be able to send you something here or something anywhere in the world. and you can stick them to anything they won't leave any kind of residue that's the other thing with these eh? you can mm-hmm. peel them off if, you're, if you want to move it somewhere else you can peel it off and move it over to something else I see the Albuquerque turkey. Maybe if I break another laptop. (laughs) 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 Nice to see everybody joining us from all over the world tonight. If you're watching on Roku, hey, welcome. Make sure you also get into our chat room if you can. If you've got your your mobile phone, go over to uh, our website and uh, you can join us through the interact menu chat. Speeding up, here we go. Good luck, everybody. This is for a two-up set of premium vinyl Category 5 logo logo stickers. And the winner is... Peter underscore. Congratulations, Peter. Winner of those stickers. I, I don't know how to do all this. Pushing buttons and I'll stop the music. Ready, set, go. That was awkward. <laughs> it's a learning curve. But congratulations, Peter. It is. <laughs> I wish I could show you all this. Whoa. Maybe just show them your overwhelmed look. The on your look face, on my face. And they'll understand. Yeah. <laughs> Pushing the wrong buttons and stuff. There we go. Okay. All right, shall we uh, jump into the news? And mm-hmm. then uh, we've got more of your viewer questions. And don't forget to message the Krista in the chat room, Category 5 on Freenode. Congrats again, Peter. Peter, where are you from? Let the Krista know. And uh, Krista, I'd love to know where Peter is uh, joining us from tonight. Oh, I'll find out. You'll find <laughs> out? Get to the bottom of this? <laughs> All right. Take it away. Well, here are the top stories from the Category 5.tv newsroom. So Samsung has been ordered to pay $119.6 million to Apple by a U.S. court for infringing two of its patents. A jury in California delivered the verdict in a, veter- in a federal court Friday. Apple had sought... Um, $2 billion at the trial, Whoa. accusing Samsung of violating patents on smartphone features. The court also ruled that Apple infringed, uh, infringed some of Samsung's patents and awarded $158,000 in damages. <laughs> So it kind of went both ways. <laughs> Not really, though. And yeah. I kind of feel like, okay, the, if wow. I was the court system, I would kind of feel like putting these two in a timeout. You know? <laughs> Apple, like, come on, kids. Apple over here, Samsung over here, you know? <laughs> if you can't Take play nice, just... And the whole patent disputes and everything. I guess, you know, there's some legitimacy in some patents, but sometimes it gets absurd. Mm-hmm. It gets ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of those cases. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Krista? Yeah, I've got an exciting news story. Oh, this is cool? Yes. Well, I am a lover of tea, so this story is especially interesting. A machine with a $13,000 price tag is said by its manufacturers to make the perfect cup of tea. 
Beacon, the company behind the machine, says the brewing process is a lot more complicated than simply, simply dipping a tea bag into some boiling water. Of course it is. Of course. Prototypes are being tested in U.S. coffee shops, and the device could be commercially available later this year. Exciting. But experts are questioning whether anyone would want to pay so much for a tea maker. Sorry, how much is this thing again? $13,000. To make a cup of tea. Well, I mean, you make more than one cup of tea, I would okay, hope. Okay, yeah. You know, fair ideally. enough. Fair enough. You make three <laughs> cups of tea. Well, then, I mean, 13,000 divided by three is, you know, you're, you, you're, you're getting there. <laughs> working, you're almost in a profit margin. Right. <laughs> so, it uses a brewing chamber into which loose, loose tea leaves and water are placed. Sounds easy enough. The air is then drawn out to create a vacuum. This negative pressure in the chamber brings the tea leaves to the surface of the liquid and, according to Beacon, draws, draws out, oh my goodness, draws out flavor more precisely than simply adding boiling water. Okay. The, the process is repeated for between 60 and 90 seconds. Different flavors need different numbers of infusion cycles. It sounds very official. And <laughs> variables such as water temperature and contact time can be fine-tuned. The machine can brew more than 60 cups of tea in an hour. Wow. Okay. So how, how do you make your tea? Well, actually, I'm kind of a tea connoisseur. Okay. And I have all the David's Tea lines and teaopia. She's name dropping. Teaopium? Teaopia. Oh, teaopia. Teaopia. Right, that's different. And it's something that I got in... <laughs> Teopia, it's a lot different. Teopia, opium tea. <laughs> no, no, not that far. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you're, you're I love, I, and yeah, like we have our, uh, our, our iron, uh, you know, uh, tea uh, mugs. We even have the cast iron uh, pours. We have all kinds, like got all kinds of cupboards full of loose leaf tea. Okay. But to me, to make 60 cups of tea in an hour, that doesn't seem... Well, this is for business, right? For business. It doesn't seem... To me, that it seems profitable. It doesn't seem as profitable as it could be. Krista, but do you make it from tea bags or you leaf, loose leaf girl? I'm I a do loose everything. leaf. Okay. I'm, a, I'm definitely loose leaf? only okay. loose leaf. I, all I have is loose leaf tea. And, and because we're so fancy around here, so we got to do it like the shops. You got to... Yeah. So oh, nice. can I get over here? Can you get it? Just smells smells like cat five. Oh. Smells like blueberry. <laughs> That's wonderful. You Thank it? you. Sure. Okay. Sure, I did. Well, I've got I've got. Okay, so we've got for the perfect cup of tea because we we want to know can can this be done for under thirteen thousand dollars? Yeah. I've got gingia black tea. I've got raspberry mm-hmm. from Africa, and I've got a nice, fresh, kind of berry, floral, apple mm-hmm. kind of tea. What what interests you, Krista? Um, I like the the. Considering I don't have any milk or wafting honey one. or anything. Okay, the wafting <laughs> one. Okay, the wafting so one's pretty good for us. What I'm going to do is I'm going to try something a little different. We've got an espresso machine. This is technology at its greatest, folks. Okay. Espresso machine with some tea. Here we go. I don't know, about a tablespoon and a half. Kind of push that in there. Pack it down just like the cafes do. (laughs) Okay. So espresso machine, I don't know, $60. There we go. We got our own espresso at Cat Five. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I'm dropping stuff. There we go. Got my lid. So let's see what happens. I'm curious. Are you curious? I am curious. I've never seen a thirteen thousand dollar perfect cup of tea. I wonder. Yeah. You know, if we're gonna, you guys watch tea boil. Uh, let's let's do another story here, and then we're gonna come right back to that. This one's for me. The recent Heartbleed bug was uh, one of the absolute worst internet flaws ever uncovered. 
and this was just recently. Uh, the maintenance of the software, which secures around two-thirds of the world's uh, websites, was done by a group of volunteers with very little funding. A new group... Oh, we're starting to hear it. A new group has been set up by the Linux Foundation to help them moving forward. With firms such as Google, Facebook, Microsoft, uh, Intel, IBM, Cisco, and Amazon donating $300,000 each over the next three years, a whopping $3 million has already been raised to support the maintenance of OpenSSL as well as the development of other crucial open source software. So I think we're going to see some changes there. Definitely a good mm-hmm. thing for open source and for OpenSSL uh, in and of itself. Oh, here we go. Tea is coming. I don't think this is going to do 60 cups an hour. Because that's one a minute. This has been... A few minutes so yeah, far. It was whistling there. The whole vac... I have never knew tea could be vacuumed. There you go. Now you know. So we're pressure steaming the tea. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. You watch. Krista, you ready to take one? All right. Let's rock. All right. Let's rock it. I, I'm going to interrupt if the tea starts spewing out. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, oh. Priorities. Delightful. <laughs> got a good smell to it. It's, I smell raspberry and uh, maybe some elderberry, mm-hmm. blueberry, and ap- apple. Definitely apple. You got that nice... Wait for it. Okay. So, we're going to extend this over to you for your news story here. Excellent. It looks hot. It's very, very hot. <laughs> I'm working my way. Figure it I'm out. doing this in it's slow motion. It's funny because he's only like sake. five feet away from me. There you me. go. <laughs> so, studio complications. It is hot. I want to know is that our, our little three dollar tea, tea and and sixty dollar espresso machine? Is that is that the best cup of tea that you have ever had? You want the me to best cup of tea right in the world? Smell it. Give us some of the aroma. Nice. Is that a thirteen thousand nice. dollar cup of tea? I'd at least pay thirteen five. Interesting. Very undertone. Primo. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah, it is good. I think uh, a yeah, cappuccino machine tea is is pretty awesome. I kind of so, want to taste it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta <laughs> give it a try. Give it a try. If you got a cappuccino maker, throw your loose leaf tea in there. You'll you'll have a good cup of tea. All right. Take All it away. Right. Now I can do the news story. Okay, now we can. Now. Okay. Let's go. Sony has developed a new storage tape that is able to hold up to 185 terabytes of data per cartridge. Wow. Created with the help of IBM, Sony's technology allows for tapes that can store the equivalent of 3,700 Blu-ray discs. That's quite a lot of movies. The tape holds 148 gigabytes per square inch beating a record set in 2010 five times over. Sony was able to achieve the high storage capacity by utilizing a nanograined magnetic layer consisting of tiny nanoparticles, allowing for greater density. The technology was announced at the Intermeg Europe 2014, an international magnetics conference held in Dresden, Germany. Sony is also working on more consumer-friendly storage. In March, it announced it was working with Panasonic, on the archival disc, which will hold one terabyte of data, the equivalent of 250 DVD films. Wow. So not as great as 3,700 Blu-ray discs. But. Really? I, what I, I jokingly kind of look at this and I think, okay, are those cartridges here, in fact, you know, four feet wide each? Because you can't really grasp the scale. Mm-hmm. They didn't set it next to a CD or anything like that. I think where this is really an interesting advancement because, you know, for us as, as home users, we're not going to use mm. cartridges, that's mm. for sure. Uh, but you think about someone like Google or Amazon or, you know, any of these companies that have to archive their backups that are gigantic because they've got so much client data. They want to have redundancy. They want to have some kind of a backup. Isn't this the perfect kind of solution to have that much storage? How many terabytes was this? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 185 terabytes. Per cartridge. Yes, per cartridge. Wow. That's amazing. 
just astounding. So um, for somebody like Google, I think, mm-hmm. you know, plug it in. Or for a business that, you know, has a, a large amount of data, uh, I think about, you know, offsite backup providers or places like, uh, you know, be it Pogo Plugs cloud services or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, where do they put that data for redundancy? These are right. the perfect thing. So interesting to note that Sony is also working with Panasonic on a consumer product which is going to be uh, about a terabyte, which is more than enough space for a fair backup for mm-hmm. any of us. And, you know, if you need more than that, you just use another disc. That's, Makes sense. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Trying to fathom the <laughs> ginormousness. Like, I know, I'm just like, wow, like how much I could store so much. <laughs> how many MP3s is that? Don't even bother. That's Don't even so many. That's bother. the whole world's MP3 archive right there. <laughs> I should just download every single classical song in all of time, and I still wouldn't even come close to filling it up. Not even. Not even. Well, that's uh, it for the news. And you can get the full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom. The category 5 TV Newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of an on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. And for the category5.tv Newsroom, I'm Erica Lalonde. Thanks, Erica, and thanks, Krista. We've got, we've got more of your viewer questions. Um, and, of mm-hmm. course, get the Krista in the chat room. Wave to us, Krista so they know who they're talking to and uh, she'll be willing to take your questions and relay them along to us if you've got comments yes. anything to do with the show I anything do actually so far? have a question that okay. came in while we were doing the news okay uh, so it's from guest 2629 hey guest um, 2629 says that is using Compass animation in Linux but is not able to use it in Xubuntu uh, he has Lenovo Y500 with NVIDIA okay uh, Geoforce 650M uh, probably not. Oh, the problem is not with the this install. This is a laptop, then. But it's with the stability because it breaks his system. Oh, okay. So how do you mean that it breaks your system? What happens there, guest 2629? Uh, this sounds like it's a mobile chipset on the video card, so it sounds like a, a laptop computer uh, with an NVIDIA chipset. Should be fairly stable. Um, if you uh, hit Alt-F2 and you type compiz space dash dash replace... But what you may need to do is install a program called Compiz Config Settings Manager. We've covered it a few times on the show. It's also known as, by its short form, CCSM. And let's see if I have it installed. The reason that I suggest that you get Compiz Config Settings Manager is because this is going to allow you to now tweak your Compiz experience. So that if you are having trouble with some of these crazy effects that you're able to do with Compiz, you can tweak it and disable the ones that are causing the problems. One of the cool things that you can do with Linux is you can run anything from the terminal in order to get the output of that application. So instead of hitting Alt-F2 like you normally would, why don't you go into Terminal and type compiz dash dash replace. And as long as you're the same running user as your desktop, so I haven't done a super, like a sudo or anything like that, then if compiz crashes during the process or if there's some kind of error output it will in fact output it as plain text into that terminal window so it becomes a bit of a log for you to monitor uh, in real time so that might be a way for you to track down which plugin is it that's causing the trouble but then again as I say get compiz config settings manager and go through and find out if there are any settings that you're using that are possibly causing the problems um, you may find um, You're on XFCE. And I don't know. See, like for Mate or Mate, depending on who says it, whether it's me or anyone else, for Mate, there is a Mate compatibility plugin. For GNOME, if you're on GNOME, you're going to have the same thing. So I wonder if there's an XFCE compatibility that you need to enable. That's a potential thing as well when you're running XFCE. I'm not too sure because I don't use XFCE on any of my systems. That's just just mm-hmm. matter of fact, right? I just happen to be running Mate. So, Good luck. Um, don't give up. Um, do the terminal trick and see what it outputs and see what, what actually what you can figure out. Good luck. Thanks for the question. 
Thanks, Krista. Okay. Uh, we have a question from uh, Dooley uh, GLT. Can I call him Doodley? Doodley. 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 Okay, Doodley. All right. Doodley, I like that. Maybe. Doodley. We're just going nice to change your username. We're going to change your name. <laughs> We're just going to change your name because <laughs> we like the way it sounds like Doodley. We could just say Dooley is Doodley. Doodley. <laughs> it says... In uh, a, <laughs> I, I hope you're not... If you're a woman, then forgive us because that obviously the joke doesn't work. No. <laughs> no. It's hard to say, hard to say, the, the nicknames we don't know. Dudetly. Yes. There you go. That no, we'll just keep it dually. <laughs> Alright, dually. Hey <laughs> In a recent episode, um there was no way for a viewer who wrote in could use XP securely on a system to have access to a particular software. Okay. Could he not run an XP virtual machine, go into its device manager, and remove any network adapters so he has no access to any network operations? Um, Have a shared folder with the host system to manipulate any files needed in XP, and have that folder shared on a local network, and the files can be scanned by the local host antivirus slash um, anti-malware scanners uh, or any uh, malware bytes, and that way it can be accessed, secure, and not exposed to the web. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. So, Mm -hmm. And we have talked a little bit about virtualizing Windows XP in an event where you absolutely, for some reason, have to have it. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the, the only thing that you could do safely. And your solution is similar to the one that I made a couple of weeks ago, which is remove the network adapter altogether. Um, Garby made a very interesting point commenting on our website, Category5.tv, on that particular episode. And said, so, why don't you just set it up as a host-only adapter? And I thought, you know what, Garby, that is a fantastic idea. Uh, so when you go into your settings here for your virtual machine, here I've got a Windows, I don't know, Windows 7 laptop that Becca and I migrated over to virtualization. So what we're saying is instead of having a bridged adapter, which, and when, when we talk about removing a network adapter, it's not like a computer where you have to actually physically remove a card. No, with a virtual machine, this is what's beautiful. I could just turn it off. It's gone. That's all there is to it, right? But here's the case, Dually, where I want to still have access to some files on my host so I can create a host-only adapter and set it up so that it only has access to the um, the file system on the host. Okay, the host being your Linux, the guest being your Windows. So I'm going to explain that a little bit further. In that, okay, now as a host-only adapter, this computer no longer has internet access; it only has access to the host computer. And so then I go into shared folders, and I can create a new folder, and I can grab a folder path such as you know. Uh, slash home slash Robbie slash documents and I can actually share that to my computer my virtual machine as a share so now documents is shared from my host to that virtual machine and similarly uh, based on a question that we had last week this could be a NAS unit plugged into your computer whatever it happens to be so now I've shared it to that machine even though this computer now only has access to the host it has access to the documents on my host computer so now i've got a a way to to transfer files back and forth between the virtual machine and the actual physical computer which is brilliant Mm -hmm. how do you like that so thank you very much for the comments uh, both uh dooley as well as garby for that and it's a hot topic right now Mm -hmm. honestly uh i get i i've gotten I'm probably getting about three emails a day specifically saying exactly the the same sort of things that you're mentioning. So I know this is a hot topic and people are wondering, you know, what do we do about XP? Um, Because it's just a, it's a serious situation and you can't keep running it as is. You've got to do something, either replace it or virtualize it and do what we've shown here. Good luck everybody with that. If you're on XP, sorry. It'll work. (laughs) We have another question Alrighty. from, um, I'm really trying to pronounce your name, uh, F- Fanesian uh, Mahmoudi. 
Faison? Faison Mahmoudi. And uh, he said that he came across uh, some videos and he had a question, uh, like others, about a good setup and equipment for live broadcasting for his, his church. He mm. says that he has, I got the wire cast piece down and all, but I can't seem to find a good camera that can be mounted and controlled remotely. The tricky part of our setup is that we could, uh, we would like for it to be ceiling mounted and to be up and running on an autopilot at all time. Hmm. But at the same time, uh, have some way to control PTZ remotely. Uh, so he says, currently we have a, a VivoTech PTZ IP camera installed, but the video quality isn't the best. Sure. Um, also, we ideally want something with HD output that we can display on local TVs and projectors in-house in sure. in while at the same time output to Wirecast for live streaming. Um, any ideas or suggestions uh, that we could provide would be greatly appreciated. Sure. I'll, I'll do my best to, to help, Faison. Um, first of all, PTZ is a pan-tilt-zoom it's a short form for a type of camera, and what it means is that mm -hmm. it's it's typically used for surveillance. These are surveillance cameras, um, like you see um, above Krista's head, for example. There you go. So surveillance cameras that with PTZ technology allows uh, the controller to actually turn the camera, pan, tilt, zoom, right? So they can look around the frame. So uh, using it for uh, for church services and stuff can be really, really good, but you've got to have a PTZ camera that is a full HD camera. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. because these are surveillance units, right, um, quite often they are um, CCD, just standard low quality, low def, like 176 pixels width or something like that. They're really, really low def. Mm -hmm. That's why when you see... Um, surveillance footage, you know, whenever it, you see surveillance footage on the news and, you know, do you recognize this guy? Looks and like it's really pixelated. Like, it's really, yeah. even though it's a shot of their face, it's really, really hard to see mm -hmm. what they look like. So that's maybe what you're encountering. Um, so you need to get um, closed circuit cameras, IP cameras that are um, HD, plain and simple. 1080p would be perfect, even if you're only uh, uh, broadcasting and recording at 720p. You want to have a 1080p source so that you can do stuff like this digital zoom. I know that I'm a little bit out of focus, and that's just the camera because we're saving up and really hoping that we will be able to get a new camera here at the studio. That focus issue is because of this camera. But it is a 1080p camera, and it allows us to move around the frame, which is brilliant in a service because imagine, you know, with pan, tilt, zoom, that's great. But imagine being able to get in just a little bit closer uh, at, at a 720p frame on a 1080p source. So you're going to get better quality when you zoom in digitally. Um, so those can work really, really well. IP cameras tend to have just a little bit of lag. So you're going to run into possibly a problem with synchronization between the, uh, the lips and the, uh, the audio itself. That can be a problem for what you're trying to do. Um, ideally, you'd want to have something that is connected um, by a, a BNC connector, like a BNC cable, a professional video camera, something that is going to have that really good, robust, fast, long length. You can have you know a hundred foot length of BNC cable, and it's not going to cause any lag in the video. It's perfect for for what you're doing. Um, you can find some. Um, I know Canon has some. Consumer, prosumer, not consumer, but prosumer cameras in around the $1,500 mark, I believe, and up to about $4,000 that have the BNC connectors. I'm not sure of the actual models. Um, they're new within the past year, the, the lower priced ones, because they are just a, a nice, good quality um, consumer form factor camera, but prosumer optics and prosumer features such as the ability to connect PNC. And then you have something like a decklink card in the computer and, and be able to stream and record and broadcast simultaneously to the uh, t TVs that are out in the, in the lobby. And Wirecast is beautiful for that. With a black, uh, uh, black Magic card in there, like a, a Black Magic Intensity Pro with the HDMI output, now there is a pass-through for your HDMI. There is the ability to actually 
take the Wirecast screen and broadcast it over your projectors and over the um, the, the displays wow. in the mm-hmm. lobby, like I say, um, over HDMI. So you get a nice 1080p source. Uh, Krista, you've got a monitor to your right that is actually broadcast. You, yeah. So Krista can actually see everything that's going on on the screen. Um, as we do this, so that would be a similar situation to you with your, you know, your lobby TVs and things like that. So Wirecast is a great solution. Cat5.tv/wirecast. You've got to have a really good, fast computer. Uh, you've got to have solid-state hard drives. In my experience, we try to RAID one plus zero, and the single solid-state hard drive. It's a good, fast one, uh, but the single drive is faster, more, uh, it performs much better when we're broadcasting than the RAID 1 plus O. So um, I definitely recommend going with a good, fast set of uh, SSD hard drives, one for your operating system, one for recording to disk. So I hope that that helps. Um, I, I don't know how much more, more help I can be just w- mm-hmm. with just, you know, the, the questions. And, you know, I, I hope that we can hopefully come to something and keep us posted, I guess, and let me know where you decide to go. If I can help you, um, you know that we're affiliated with B&H Photo Video, so cat5.tv slash BH uh, is a way that you can support the show while buying the stuff that you need. Um, of course, Amazon as well. They, they have a lot of electronics now. You can get there through our website, category5.tv. Click on support the show, and you'll see the affiliate links. And and so that's an interesting way that you can buy the stuff that you need for the church or for your broadcast. It doesn't have to be for churches and things. And, and it would actually support the show as well. Um, and I can help direct you toward equipment that maybe will perform quite well for you. Mm-hmm. So I think latency is what you're going to run into uh, with some of those runs with the IP cameras. Maybe, maybe not depending on the camera, but when it's HD going over 10, 10 over 100 over 1,000, like a gigabit network, you're quite possibly going to... Mm-hmm. Max things out, so get, get low resolution. Mm-hmm. I do have a, a comment here um, okay. in regards to the last question from Dooley. Sure. Just to jump back, uh, Jot just uh, wanted to mention that it's still not secure. This uh, is the Windows XP thing. Yes, he says since any data transferred can contain viruses, an antivirus will start to stop uh, scanning for XP viruses, so they will not be detected and infect the machine anyways. This is true. I mean, the same thing goes for. Uh, you know, because companies are going to stop supporting Windows XP as well as Microsoft. So ESET, for example, has stated that they have extended their support until 2017. So, you know, in a couple of years, you're not going to even have antivirus available. But 2017 is a little little ways off. But I think, I fear that the problem with a company like ESET saying, we're going to support XP up until 2017, I fear that that makes people have a false sense of security. Because the problem with Windows XP is not viruses anymore. So, yes, it's true that the file transfers could cause you to get a virus if you had a virus downloaded to your window, uh, to your Linux host, saved it into your documents, and then ran it from your, uh, from your Windows guest, even through the way that I showed you. And an antivirus will pick that up if it's up to date, but you can't get the antivirus definition updates because there's no Internet in that virtual machine. So it's a mess. It's a catch-22. Uh, but the problem, the main concern is not viruses with Windows XP anymore. So if you think, oh, well, I've got AVG, I've got ESET, I've got Norton, well, that doesn't, that doesn't matter because they're not protecting you against the real threats, which are these exploits um, that allow hackers to take control of your Windows XP machines and use your resources to attack government facilities and home users and businesses and, and to send out spam and do all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. That's what we're concerned about. Valid point, though. Antivirus ain't going to do you any good in a case where you've got a machine that doesn't have any internet access, can't get its antivirus definitions, and the antivirus companies themselves are going to cut you off. So you, you have to upgrade. It's plain and simple. It'll definitely be interesting to see Sasha using Linux now. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Good for her, taking the brave mm-hmm. step. If only we knew anyone else who would do that. Not a chance. Come on. Not Come on, you can install Linux on a MacBook. <laughs> Why would I? Because it's awesome. It works perfectly just as <laughs> No, it doesn't. It does. It crashes every time. Never crashes. Always crashes. <laughs> Never. It, like, fight. It's full of viruses. We'll fight later. All right. Smile for the show. To the death. <laughs> what about the space screen? 
Because when I use my space screen, yeah, because when I use my boyfriend's laptop, yes, I'll be in the middle of doing something very important for school, and then I get this screen of space or the blue screen of death is the oh. way I call it. Yeah, the BSOD. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's Windows. No, it's happened. He's he has Mac, and it's oh happening. The, the little where it crashes and Mac logo comes yeah. up. Yeah. That's. That's something seriously wrong with your computer. Yeah, that's probably like bad <laughs> oh. RAM or a bad hard drive. You need to check the hardware, most likely. Yeah. Oh, yay. Bad RAM. Well, it's been a few years. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't glued any of the keys down, have you? Because that would probably cause I hope problems. nobody knows about that. Nobody does. <laughs> oh. Nobody has any idea what I'm talking about. Okay, so, <laughs> a little story. Can I tell the story? Yes, you can tell Brought her cute computer into me and said there's something wrong with my keyboard. So I took a look, removed the keyboard from the laptop. Somebody had crazy glued some of the keys down. I said, well, what on earth? You've crazy glued them down. She says, they kept falling off. <laughs> That's the story. So, so by and the way, I had to get a new keyboard. So you had to get a new keyboard because, like, the J key is glued down. I just didn't use J. Yeah. I never. I just. I would copy it. I would copy and paste J's. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And to then avoid sentences that had J's in them. Just yeah. had the alphabet and just copied and pasted the letters that she needed. Wow, that was a that was fun. Though. That made me laugh for sure. Can I say welcome to our newly registered viewers here on Category Five Technology TV? With the very short time that we have left here, uh, maybe you two. As I, I'm going to bring up the map, and if you two want to tag team on our uh, new, new viewers, viewers. registered on our website, Category Five TV. Krista, what's one? Ah, uh, new viewers, where are you? Oh, there you are, uh, Lang DSS. Welcome. And welcome, OPN, I mean, Ope Night Marine. What is it with you and opium tonight? <laughs> it's the second, the second time. Uh, Ron Perry, <laughs> welcome. Hey, Ron. And Sugar Ray. Hey, yeah. like Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray. Throwback. Yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> Hamateur Radio Man. Hey, yeah. Welcome. And welcome, Russell One. Hey, Russell. That's it. That's it. Okay, well, let's look at the map. Here we go. Rouge, Baton Rouge, no, Toronto. Toronto. And uh, is that Boston? Boston. And Chicago. West Side. Nice to see everybody joining us from all over the world. Let's switch out of live mode here on our viewer location map just to give you a, a, a grandiose view to understand the scale of our reach here at Category 5 Technology TV. Here you go. So this is our world, which seems so small tonight. <laughs> Thank you to everybody for tuning in here at Category 5 Technology TV. There you go. There's the United States of America and Canada, Dominican, Venezuela. You know, we're, we're kind of reaching... That show smallpox breaking? I'm going to keep going south here. Just in, is there any, <laughs> nobody further south than, than Argentina. Argentina. Let's go overseas here, Nigeria and Ethiopia, Saudi Arabia watching tonight. All the way in Sweden, Look at this. Norway. So welcome wow. everybody watching Category 5 Technology Iceland. TV. This is absolutely free to watch. Uh, all you have to do is get over to our website, Category 5. What's that little island down there? Whereabouts? Down in the middle of the Indian Ocean? Right here. Oh, over in Just the, right in the right middle there. of nowhere. Just off the coast of the Philippines. This is Northern <laughs> Mariana Islands. Shout out there. you go. There. Welcome to our viewer who is watching Saipan, uh, Northern Mariana Islands. Welcome to everybody, and uh, yeah, we love having you here. That's all the time that we've got. Can you believe it? Category5.tv, that's how you find us. Get your questions in. Next week, Sasha's going to be here. I'm excited about this. We're going to be blasting Windows off of her uh, new laptop. We're going to be putting Linux on there. And also, we're going to be welcoming a security engineer from PasswordBox to answer the deep questions that have arisen since we had them on the show. Um, so if you have questions specifically about PasswordBox, uh, make sure you pop us a line this week. And uh, any questions at all, email live at category5.tv. 
that's all the time that we have for tonight. I'll see you next Tuesday night. Thank you, too, for being here. Krista, nice to see you. Nice have a to be night. here in the corner. And Erica, <laughs> nice always to a pleasure. Be here. I Thank hope you. You everyone has a great night. Have an awesome week as well, and I'll see you next Tuesday with Sasha. See ya. Where's my button? There it is. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 